In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be reviewing the Milan Derby defeat together with AC Milan, a Twitch English presenter and host of Oversport, Cindy Marina. We'll be previewing the Roma game in the Coppa Italia, previewing the Napoli game in the Serie A, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, on elcentrointer.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another episode, episode of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavale Uzzari, wishing you back to a week that started poorly from an Inter perspective. But before we get to all of that, uh, we let, let me introduce my panelists, starting with Semperinter.com's preview writer, who really, like most uh, Inter fans of Egyptian descent, had a really horrible weekend. Mr. But he, but he goes by the name of Mr. Positivity, so he really needs to work for that for that label today. Um, welcome, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a one-two sucker punch, man. It was meant to be a <laughs> glorious weekend, and it uh, it really uh, didn't turn out the way we wanted to. But uh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I get paid the big bucks to be called um, Mr. Positivity, so uh, I'll do uh, I'll do my best uh, to, to validate my paycheck. Okay, that's, that's brilliant. We are also joined uh, by the Semprinter.com feature writer. What five things we learned from into this week, Mr. Jake Smalley? How are you? Hey, I'm okay. Uh, I've not had a good moan for a while, so it should be a bit of a moany podcast for me. I'm hoping that um, my ways on positive form and can cheer me up a little bit. Although I am kind of watching Salernitana versus Spezia in the background. That's an absolutely ridiculous game at the minute. So that's uh, that's helping a little bit. <laughs> When Salernitana Spezia is your lifeline to happiness, something is wrong. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, <laughs> um, we, and we're also joined by our very good friend in Milan, Mr. Fulvio Santucci. And Fulvio is very measured and very calm, and most very positive. And I need that because <laughs> I am both not both of those things. I'm very angry and annoyed. So, <laughs> welcome, Mr. Fulvio Santucci. Ciao, Nima. Ciao, everyone. Yes, I'll be your psychologist tonight <laughs> because I got, I got a lot of positive stuff, a lot of positive outcome out of this derby. You don't think it's possible, but I have. Oh, well, that's great because I need to hear it. And we'll have a very special guest, which I alluded to in the intro. Uh, she presents the Milan, uh, the, uh, the Twitch channel in English on Milan, uh, together uh, for Milan, together with a good friend, Patrick Kendrick. She's also a reporter and host for Oversports, which which uh, which broadcasts in Albania and Kosovo, while making her studio inter debut. Welcome, Cindy Marina. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. And good. I'm excited to talk about all things football. <laughs> yeah, and really, really happy to have you. And thank you for coming on. Um, I just wanted to start off uh, from from what you know your what your thoughts were on the game. Um, you know, obviously you were there. You were Bordo Campo, as the Italians say, covering the game. Um, and you guys, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Oversports are there pretty much. They they you, you guys are on location every week uh, covering the biggest game. Um, and 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 so I wanted to ask you a little bit what your what your thoughts were going into the game, um, and also what 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 you think now. You know what what's your what, what do you take away from it uh, after the, the crazy result, the way that it ended. Um, yeah, so it was definitely a crazy game. I mean, you know, the Derby is always like the most awaited game of the season, and I was at the last Derby as well. So 
um, that ended in a draw and this one, you know, ended a bit differently, but um, um, yeah, so like you were saying, sorry, just to touch on everything you said. So I am there every single weekend, usually we're covering the biggest games of the week, the biggest mm-hmm. matchup. And so, um, this game of course was very exciting. Um, you know, aside from the Derby and the history that comes with it, just being in, um, the stadium and seeing all the fans and just the energy that is present there is really, I think it's magical. And, um, I was very lucky to be a part of it. Uh, the game was very exciting. There was a lot of, you know, exciting things happening in both halves. I would say first half, obviously, we all saw that Inter was dominating and they were the favorite to win the game. But, yeah, you know, things turned around in the second half. And um, with Midan winning, I think it definitely makes things a bit more interesting in the whole league as a whole, just for the title race, for the Scudetto to see now what will happen. But um, I, yeah, I think from an unbiased standpoint, definitely things are a bit more exciting now in the championship. They really, really are. Um, I mean, after that first half, did you think there was anything? Uh, I mean, was what, what, I mean, h- how did you think going into the second half? Were you thinking that well, Inter are going to win this, uh, or, or did you think that Mil- You know, did you? Th- was there anything that said that Milan could turn this around? I will say that. Uh- After the first half and just seeing how it was played, um, I definitely thought that Inter was going to win. They just were dominating. And also I was was very close to um, the goal on Milan's side on, you know, the side of the first half. And, you know, all the action was there basically for the first half. So it looked like Milan didn't really have many opportunities to even try to score. You know, Inter was dominating. But then um, I think for me, things changed when the substitutions happened. Um, and, you know, like some things changed within the game. And once the first goal was scored from Milan, you could kind of feel the energy shift maybe. Um, and I think from there, you know, anything can happen. I think a one a lead is not enough, especially in a derby, to become comfortable. And I think Inter kind of got a little too comfortable. Couldn't agree more. I'm going to hand you over to Mo. Did you have a question for Cindy? The floor is yours. Yeah, hi, Cindy. Uh, so uh, my question to you is uh, now that this is uh, this uh, dust settled off this uh, match week, I mean, almost, you know, uh, but uh, do you reckon that uh, Milan are Inter's closest rivals or do you think Napoli, a re- research in Napoli with uh, the AFCON uh, participants coming back with the uh, Ossiman, uh, hope uh, possibly uh, uh, returning to the squad quite soon. Who, who do you think are are Inter's closest rivals, or do you think we need to wait till next weekend to see the Napoli game with Inter before we can, uh, you know, uh, analyze this more closely? Um, you know, that is a bit of a difficult question. I would say the best thing, or the thing that we do need to wait for, is to watch this upcoming game that Napoli has to see how they come out. I think in the first half of the season um you know Napoli was dominating they were at the top of the leaderboard and and everybody was talking about them saying this could be their year and then there just came a moment when there was a lot of injuries and things just kind of weren't going their way anymore that we saw I don't want to say a drop off but maybe just that momentum um decreased a bit and the attention shifted more to Inter and even uh, Milan um I think also for Milan's 
from Milan's perspective, like they definitely had a strong first half of the season and Inter kind of was shaky in the start and things I would say like flip-flop. Now Inter is very dominant and Milan is a bit more shaky and just not as stable as they were in the first half. So I don't know. It's hard to say. Honestly, I think we're going to have to wait and see the game this weekend, but I don't know. I, I can't give an answer. I think we're going to have to wait and see, but I think that's what the beauty of Serie is, is that anything can happen and things can change, you know, with one weekend. And now there's a new contender for the Scudetto. Mm. Um, F- Fulvio, if you have a question, then the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, thank you. And hello, Cindy. Nice again to have you here. And uh, yeah, it's uh, valuable too, because you were on the pitch during this yeah. game. So you can provide us a, probably a special look, uh, because uh, in um, in our fan base, the Inter fan base, especially in Italy, after the game, we discussed about what went wrong. Um, of course, uh, you already mentioned the substitutions, um, but you were there. So I know this, and that's, that's my opinion, but probably a guess. I noticed that uh, <laughs> uh, during the... I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, during the second half in the in the interbench, the, the atmosphere was a, a bit relaxed. You know, people smile, mm-hmm. people calm. So did you sense something like that? Uh, or do, did you did you watch, did you witness something like that? Do you think that's, that, that, that this could be, this could ha- could have been a factor into the, into the comeback of, of Milan? Um. Definitely, yes. I think, I mean, I was actually, I was an athlete myself. I played volleyball competitively for 11 years. And just from an athlete's perspective, I would say anytime that you feel too comfortable or that if you think things are going better than they should be going, then you need to watch out because anything can happen. And I don't know, I just feel like Inter kind of, that's how they, not that they were taking it easy, but I would say that I think that they got comfortable after the first goal that this is going to be, you know, a done deal. Um, And I don't know. I think that is the downfall of many great teams is when you are not hungry for every single point for every single match. Um, And I was, I was very close. Like you said, I was very close to both sides. I was actually closer to Milan's bench. So um, I can't speak for what was happening on the bench because I couldn't see from where I was sitting, but watching back videos and just even the substitutions, I don't know. It just seemed like they were very relaxed. I guess that's the best thing that you could say. Um, Jake, oh, Jake, did you have a question for Cindy? The floor is yours. I certainly did. Uh, what did you make of Sandro Tonali's performance? There's been quite a bit of discussion, sort of last 24, 40 hours on Twitter about how he's sort of come on quite a lot this season. And I felt a little bit watching the game that it was almost a coming of age of him a little bit. I was disappointed that Inter didn't sign him at the time, but seeing him play last season, he struggled for consistency, but he was pretty colossal. Uh, during the game on Saturday night and obviously you've had a better view than us so what did you make of his performance? Um, Well first of all Jake I want to say that I read a lot of articles on Sempre Inter when I'm preparing for games so this is very cool that I get to talk to you personally Um, and second of all yeah so back to Tonali um, I think what we've all seen is he's become so talked about within this season because last season maybe he was struggling to find himself and now you can see that he is very well um you know he feels comfortable in the position that he's in he you can see the confidence he has in himself and also that reflects from the coach to the player you can see the confidence Pioli has with him in the midfield um I think during the game he definitely makes a big impact when you provide that stability especially in the midfield 
um, it shows. And he's a midfielder that we see is attacking a bit more um, that gives maybe that extra support when they're missing key players like Ibra was missing, who, you know, everybody was saying, is Midan going to be able to play the game that they play without him? Um, so I don't know. I, for me, he's impressed me every single game. I'm always waiting to see what, how he's going to play and how he's going to rise to the challenge. And I do think that this season has been, that's been his story arc is just him rising and him showing that he, um, is, you know, deserving of his spot that he has on the team. For sure. For sure. Before we let you go, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, to do a, to, to who do you think is going to win the Serie A in the end? Because it's going to go down <laughs> to the wire. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Who do you ha- give us your top uh, six? Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah, well, everyone has to do it. So <laughs> it's the awkward moment of the interview. <laughs> I know. Well, seeing all of you inter fans here, I don't know if I say anyone else. You guys might. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure. No, no. You might not nice. invite me back. <laughs> we will um, always have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Well, definitely, we see the contenders are Inter, Milan, Napoli. I don't know Juve. Okay, I don't think Juve can win it by any means, but. You never know, but I really don't think that they can win it. But we did see, you know, last night's performance. We saw two new players score. I think that maybe this might be a new a, a turnaround for Juve in the second season. So maybe we'll see them climb the leaderboard. Um, okay, so you want a top six or do you want me to just tell you who yeah. I think? Yeah, just just tell me like okay. from, one, from one to six how you think it'll end. Okay, how, how do I think it will end? Uh, okay, I, do, I think Inter will win. So I'll say Inter first. Uh, I think Miran second. I'm going to say Juve is going to work their way up to third. I don't know if that's possible, but okay, Juve, um, Napoli, um, uh, Atalanta, and then I guess, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll go with Lazio because I really like Milinkovic Savic <laughs> and I think he can do good things for them. That's great. Well, thank you very much for coming on. If people want to find you on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, etc., what's your handle? And if you've got something coming up uh, that you want to plug, then the floor is yours. Um, yeah, so, okay. <laughs> my Instagram is at Cindy Marina with two A's. My Twitter is at Cindy Marina underscore. And um, no, I don't really have anything else. I just want to say thank you guys for having me. I think it's always fun to talk about you know, the amazing league that we all love to watch. And especially you guys, I'm sure, are much more seasoned. So it's good to hear your guys' perspectives too. And also just be a part of the conversation. So thank you so much. And I hope to speak to you guys again soon. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. We'll uh, And we'll definitely love to have you on again. Thank you, thank Cindy. You. Take care. Have a good Indeed. night, you guys. You too. Take care. Oh, <laughs> Falim <laughs> Ciao. Thank Ciao. you. Thank you. Right, um, that was Cindy Marina uh, from uh, Oversports and uh, from uh, Milan TV's uh, Milan Twitch channel. Um, right, I want to pick up on the derby, um, and there's a couple of there's so much to talk about, um, and and there's so much to unpack. So I'm going to uh, I'm I'm going to ask like direct questions. In, in I mean, a lot of people have been saying a lot of things about why Inter lost, and and it is no doubt that Inter gifted away the this derby. I think. These are two derby games now where Inter, because of their lack of having a natural goal scorer and having someone who makes those important, you know, who buries the games, Inter gifted this this uh, this uh, this game away. 
I mean, we've spoken about Samir Handanovic to death. I want to talk about Stefan de Frey because I think that based on his performances this season and also last season, I think he was where Samir Handanovic was a couple of seasons ago. If you remember, Samir Handanovic's decline began the season after he was appointed or named the best Serie A, uh, the best Serie A, um, uh, the, the best Serie A goalkeeper of the season. And then the decline began. The same thing, I've, in my opinion, has happened with Stefan de Frey. The season after he got the award as the best central defender in the Serie A, the decline began. And this season, we're starting to notice it. It's been many a game this season where his his mistakes uh, have have been so horrible and awful and unforced that he's cost into points and, and, and goals. Olivier Giroud has never in his career, even when he quote-unquote was in his prime, turned a defender he turned Stefan de Frey and then what we saw Handanovic do was it reminded me of when my grandmother god rest her soul when she was when she because she died of Alzheimer's um and when she when, when I used to visit her once a week they had this kind of exercise session for old for all the old people that's how it looked like when Handanovic tried to save that ball it was painful to watch um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but but it was it it was absolutely horrible, and and it's not his fault. He should have been replaced. My point is this: we need Inter need to address the Defray situation in the summer immediately before it becomes another Handanovic situation. And I want to start with with you, Fulvio. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, it's not a, the the best season uh, that uh, Stefan de Frey is having here. Um, I mean, mm, he's a sp- uh, he, he made mistakes. So, all right, uh, he made mistakes against Lazio. Uh, he made mistakes in the Supercoppa. He made mistakes in the Derby. But I think also is the more exposed, especially in the game of yesterday. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the the mis- the mistake it's 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 not it's not a de Frey one uh, because uh, basically. He, Conceded uh, the the best uh, the best uh, foot to to Olivier Giroud, which is obviously obviously it's the left, and Andanovic did the rest. Uh, all right, but till there the match was good for him. Um, so yeah, I mean uh, it's likely then uh, the this this the situation is not that we're talking about uh, a, a bad defender. We are talking about uh, probably the the last the, the less better. How are you can you say that of the of the three defenders because uh, he's part of a defense that actually conceded six goals in three months, right? So I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not I don't wanna. Uh, I don't want to give uh, the the trial to to the fry or uh, uh, give the you know the give give all the all the blame to to him. I think uh, that uh, it was just the last part uh, of a collective disaster that happened into that that three minutes, especially because uh, uh, I mean. Uh, we tend to see the final uh, step of that uh, of that action uh, by Oliver Giroud that uh, led to the goal, of course. Uh, but uh, if we go to the to the starting part, uh, we see that basically Calabria can make that pass uh, to uh, to Giroud without any kind of filter in the middle, and uh, that's that's a, 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 that's that's the worst problem for me because basically we made. 
uh, this guy uh, enter into the into the the box uh, and uh, go one on one without any kind of opposition on the ball, and uh, that's that I think uh, it was uh, due to the to the to the substitution of Chalanoglu, which was the real mistake of this game because the Perisic one was not. Uh, was not wanted. Uh, it was just that uh, the guy uh, have a physical problem, uh, and uh, um, Simone Inzaghi didn't want to take the risk. Uh, but uh, the Chalanoglu one uh, was painful, and uh, that was the trajectory that Chalanoglu normally would close. I mean, Vidal was there, but uh, he didn't make any 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 opposition on that. Um, so I think uh, that that's the that's the the beginning of the disaster and after that yes the fry made mistake and probably we need to address the problem of course um, because Skriniar and Bastoni actually give in this uh, during this uh, the season gives this different uh, different kind of reassurance uh, when it comes to the defense but uh, I mean uh, also, Skriniar had, uh, uh, had uh, a bad season, I mean, not so good season in the first uh, first year with Conte. And I think uh, it, uh, it is, um, it is a, a matter of, uh, of adaptation uh, on, the, on the Conte transition, transition in that case. And probably the Frey, even though he played with Inzaghi, but it was not the same, uh, it was not the same uh, style of play. I think uh, he had some problems. Uh, so I'm not going, going to blame him, uh, uh, of course, okay. for uh, for this. Okay, but but overall, if we're talking about a decline, and what I mean that he is now, where where Handanovic was a couple of seasons ago, and this is a problem that needs to be addressed, in my opinion. What do you yes. think about that? I don't think we are the same. We're the same point, Nima. I mean, uh, yes, you can probably see that see this coming, uh, but I don't think we are in the same uh, in the same the same point with him. Uh, even because uh, his uh, his mistake was just in the last uh, one month and a half, the the real mistakes uh, very exposed uh, only in the the last month and a half. Because uh, uh, in the the big not in the beginning of the season, but I think in the middle of the season where the Inter was performing, the Fred was performing as well. So it could probably be just a lack of condition, of course. But uh, we know that uh, the Fry is uh, on expirance of the contract, uh, so it might be an occasion and uh, and uh, to, to to settle this. And I'm, I agree with you with that but i don't think he's declining actually i think he's just mm. in a bad shape at the moment okay okay well hope hope you're right because i i think that we're unless inter get bremer i think they're extending with the fry and we don't need another andanovic <laughs> um I, I, <laughs> we don't need that um i want to ask you mo a little bit what your thoughts on on the de fry andanovic thing and, and also uh briefly you jake before we move on to to uh, to Simone's substitutions because because that's something that's also been a hot talking point and Fulvio alluded to that so Mo you know you you go yeah regarding the Defry situation I think I'm I'm more inclined to agree with the Fulvio with Nima than uh, you to be honest I think uh, I think Defry is uh, has has never been fast and I think what's happening you know we've we've spoken at length about uh, Inzaghi's uh, re-imagination uh, re, um, of Bastoni's role in the squad. And I think De Vrij's, uh struggles are probably due to that because, you know, <clears throat> like uh, like uh, Fulvio said, it's probably due to him being uh, uncovered or, or caught off guard uh, at times and he's not the fastest of players. So I think, I hope it's a matter of adjustment. I think his his style of defending anyway is more, uh, is more thoughtful. Mm more position uh, positioning uh, 
you know, heavy than 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 he is like uh, let's say a screener or whatever. So I don't know. I I'm I'm lost to really start uh, worrying too much about the decline in the fries uh, performance. Okay. Let's see. Let's see how the rest of the season pans out. Okay. But uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I think you're right in saying we definitely don't want another Handanovic situation where we're, where we're tied down with a, a, an aging, declining. Um, you know, a defensive pillar, and we we just uh, were scrambling for for options when it's too late. So I think you're right in the sense that the the, the management needs to always have an eye on uh, replacement and replenishment, especially in such a, an important role. But I think <clears throat> I would imagine Inzaghi is going to fix this problem, you know, tactically, positioning-wise, the module of play uh, over the next couple of weeks, and and I hope uh, the fries quality is able to sustain him at the top level at the highest level within the squad for at least another season or two right what about you jake uh, are, are we are you uh, with uh, mo and fulvio the positivity duo the dynamic duo of happiness as i'm going to call them from now on or are you with uh, the more miserable side of this pod myself <laughs> that's like the angel and the devil on each shoulder that isn't it really uh <laughs> it's a tricky one i think it, the, the biggest issue is he's played at such a high standard for the, pretty much the entire time he's played for Inter that when he's had a few bad games, they do get magnified a little bit more. I think I, I'd argue there's a couple of games back end of either last year where he's almost seemed to lose even that slight bit of pace that he didn't even already have. Um, I think of the Lazio game when he got a bit mixed up alongside Skriniar for Immobile's goal. I, I don't think he's been brilliant this season, but I don't think it's quite as dire a situation as Handanovic. I think it's possibly something that's a bit easier to fix as well. Um, although it looks as if Inter might have a fix in for Handanovic. Um, I, I'm quite convinced by signing Bremer. I think he'd be a really good replacement physically. He fits the bill. and He's a player sort of at the top of his game at the moment too. Uh, on Handanovic, I, I really like your analogy, but I was almost sort of thinking of when you sat on the couch and you lean forward to the coffee table to pick the remote up, but you can't be bother putting your feet on the floor. That's what I kind of get. And he was stretching for a handful of crisps off the uh, coffee table. It was horrible, horrible. Mm, absolutely. Right. I mean, let's talk about the, the substitutions because they have been quite the talking point and, and they are. My personal opinion is that it's not so much the substitutions in terms of the players he brings on, because those are the, those are, those are just, those are just the ones he has. My problem is the ones he take up, t- took off and takes off, and his read of the game, just like um, as, uh, Fulvio alluded to, with Chalanoglu should not have been brought off. In my opinion, Brozovic and Chalanoglu should not have been brought off. Um, if you take Perisic, had to come off because he had cramps, but then play Darmian there. Um, and then instead he, you know, he brought Di Marco there and then he took off Bastoni and played Darmian and, you know, and then it just, he just confused everyone. And then, you know, the taking, I would have taken Barella off if I was going to take any midfielder off. Um, and I would have taken Dzeko off and had Alexis play next to Lautaro. Um, you know, the, these are the kinds of substitutions I would have liked to have seen. And I think that's what he gets wrong. Uh, we will talk a little bit about the Stefano Sensi's, Sensi's thing again because I want to hear what Fulvio thinks. But that's my read on it. What do you think, Fulvio? Is is, is that what you think it is, or or where are you on the whole Simone substitution fiasco we saw on Saturday? 
Uh, well, to be honest, Nima, I don't think it's a, it's a matter of substitutions. I mean, yes, the substitution uh, are, are were not were not welcome in that case. But I think uh, that uh, it came from uh, a too relaxed uh, uh, handle of the of the final stage of the game, right? Uh, I think that, and uh, I, I mentioned this uh, and hinted at this uh, earlier with Cindy when I when I asked her if she senses that uh, the bench was relaxed, is because uh, from my TV I was watching. Uh, uh, the the bench uh, and uh, the guys in the bench uh, that was laughing uh, and uh, making a lot of uh, fun and uh, they were, were too relaxed right big big was a derby one nil and they were too relaxed when Shalanoglu went out I think uh, that uh, someone there was thinking about sealing the deal and I think that Simone Inzaghi convey I mean not voluntarily probably but I think he conveyed this message to the to the team and also to the substitutes because no substitutes enter with the right attitude you see Sanchez you see Vidal you see Di Marco uh, I mean every I, I mean we're talking about a, 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 a defeat uh, but uh, except from Andalus and the Fry you I, I think the guys the, the starting lineup actually play a good game Right, so the substitute, the substitution actually um, took off this uh, this part of the of the game made by the starting lineup, but not because they are uh, too low quality to beat Mi Milan, because this this is this is false. This is not true. I think that uh, it just uh, had this impression uh, that uh, Inter already sealed the deal and they just need to control and they just need to uh, play with uh, with the time and play with the ball because uh, other games uh, were coming and uh, we needed to be uh, we needed to be rested for that game. But you you can do that if you are three 0 probably. But in a derby, you you will never do that i think this is a, a mistake of uh, um, I, I think this is a lack of experience uh, by by simon inzaghi and i think he comes from 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 this from the from the fact that uh, he was uh, thinking too much about uh, the following games uh, and not about this one i mean uh, he took off charanoglu because uh, because it was um, it, it was booked but yeah. you expect people to be booked in a derby i mean that's the most agonistic game you can have during the, during the year <laughs> You, you you need to expect people to be booked during during a derby, and no matter if they are defenders, midfielders, or or strikers, uh, people get to be booked or sent off during a derby. It's typical, right? So I think this is a lack of experience by Simone Inzaghi, and I think it's a hard lesson that is going to is going to to learn because the, the the match was prepared very well, but very well. I mean, for an hour, AC Milan didn't see a ball, guys, and that's. That's real, right? So something changed in the attitude of this team, and uh, that was uh, a lack of experience uh, by the by the coach here in a game like this. Uh, and I think uh, it could it could just improve from here, uh, just because he did everything good before the game, but uh, he didn't uh, he didn't do well. Uh, it's the same thing that he made when he was uh, coach of Lazio. You remember the Lazio Inter, mm. the, the Champions League playoff. In which it was two two one at uh, five uh, fifteen minutes to go, and uh, he took off Immobile. Yeah. I mean, uh, he substituted Immobile, and he, he, he lost the game because uh, he thought he, he thought uh, he, that uh, that the deal was sealed. But it was not like that, and I think this is the same. Too much relax, too much presumption, too much uh, we are unbeatable, too much uh, they will never come back. Uh, but uh, it's a derby, and everything can happen every moment. So I think that's the real. Uh, the real mistake of the of the night. Hmm, that's interesting. What about you, Mo? What do you think uh, about the? Do you, do you think that was the mistake that, or do you think this is 
what, what Fulvio described is more what happened, or or do are you a little bit where I am, where where I'm thinking he gets it wrong in terms of reads of games, in terms of um, bringing off the wrong players more than putting on the wrong players, or do you think it's a combo of both, or where are you? I think I'm going to subcontract my opinions to Fulvio today. I think he says <laughs> he, he articulated everything I wanted to say perfectly. Honestly, <clears throat> that's not to say that you know uh, the, the substitutions were were not correct, but I I I I, I agree with Fulvio that the the mistake was in the attitude and and the the intention behind the substitution rather than. Uh, the tactics behind it or him making a mistake. I think it's it's an overall attitude mistake. I think that he dropped the ball. I think, like uh, Fulvio said, uh, they started getting too casual. It's a tough uh, run of games, thinking too far ahead instead of uh, at the end of the 90 minutes uh, that we're beckoning with an emphatic victory that could have changed the trajectory of the season. So, you know, I think it's it's it definitely is a learning point for, for Inzaghi. Either way, it's a mistake by Inzaghi, but I think it's 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 stemmed like Fulvio noted. It stems from uh, um, a bit of overconfidence and, you know, uh, a long sightedness and not focusing enough on 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 the match at hand. Hmm. What about you, Jake? What do you think? Uh, I think um, Fulvio was just alluded to it uh, just a moment or two ago. I think what concerns me is he's got history for this. I think there was a game last year at Sansu and Latsu were ahead against Milan, might have the year before actually. And he took Milinkovic yeah. and Andy Mobley off. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a one-goal deficit, and the game just changed completely yeah, yeah. because of that. And that's what concerns me: is the fact that he's already seen something like that happen before, and he's not learning from it. And that worries me a little bit. I mentioned that in my article. It's it, it's a little bit worrying that he, he's got form for this, and he's yet to really get over it. And I think, Matt, just my opinion, but I never understand management. Uh, in games where you're trying to sit on a one-goal lead. That game, anybody who watched the first half, first hour of that game, there was only one team that were going to win it. So, you know, in terms of game management, what you've got to do is you've got to get on the front foot and you you keep hold of that power, whether that's by scoring another goal, whether that's by dictating the player by just keeping hold of the ball a little bit better. You know, that's fair. But as soon as you substitute an attacking player such as Chalanoglu or you take off Latero Martinez who's more likely to create a goal on his own than what Edin Dzeko might, you're blunting your attack. I understand Chalanoglu getting a yellow card, he was getting a bit frustrated but as soon as you bring on Vidal for Chalanoglu, you bring on possibly a better defensive-minded player but if you need to score a goal which even at 1-1 Inter wanted to do they didn't want to drop any points and again they should have won, you're having to backtrack then straight away and I, thank I you for it, thank so. you for bringing that up because that leads directly into my next point, and the insanity of sending Stefano Sensi on loan to Sampdoria because that squad is what it is. We can't bring in players uh, in January. There was no money to bring anyone else's, and that's why I kept beating on the drum that letting Stefano Sensi go is a mistake, and I base that on risk minimization. I look at it like this. What's the bigger risk? Keeping Stefano Sensi in the squad after he's been healthy and training consistently with the, with the rest of the squad for three months and bringing him on as a, and, and bringing him up the pecking order from Vidal, Gagliardini and Vecino or sending him on loan to Sampdoria where he, has, where he can't do anything for Inter and you're stuck with Gagliardini, Vecino and Vidal as your options off the bench. For me, 
the risk of him staying at Inter and maybe injuring himself is lower than sending him to Sampdoria where you have absolutely no control and can't bring him on. And you're desperate and you have to play Gagliardini and Vecino and uh, and Vidal. And that's what I mean. No, Because I know the four of us agree and I think everyone in the world agrees that Stefano Sensi is a better player than all of those three players combined, right, in this in this moment in time. That's why I find it so frustrating and so annoying and such an unforced error to let him leave. And that is something, again, I mean, all of you know how much I rate Steph- Simone Inzaghi as a coach. I think for three and a half years I've wanted him, at, you know, I, I thought he's an ideal coach. But this is a mistake. And he's made a couple of mistakes at Inter. The insistence on Joaquin Correa has been a mistake up until now. And this is a huge mistake. Not understanding that, okay, he was injured in Sampdoria game. That was months ago. That was the beginning of the season. Since then, he's worked himself slowly up to fitness. He, he has to be, he should have been in higher up in the pecking order than Vidal, Gagliardini and Vecino. It makes no sense to me whatsoever that he wasn't. He even got a preview of it in the Coppa Italia against Empoli. And still, he, he let him go and brought in Felipe Caicedo, who's injured. It, it's, it's just, it's unforced error after unforced error. And I think it's a huge mistake. And I just hope it doesn't end up costing him this this title because that'll end up costing him his job and maybe even a career which I thought which which could have a completely different career trajectory um, than than it, than it could have had had he not made these simple errors. Um, what do you think, Fulvio? What's your thoughts on the whole Sensi thing? Uh, I completely, but I mean completely disagree with you, Nima. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's great. Great. Okay, I want to hear. I'm sorry. No, I, I mean, I mean, uh, no. Let let me let me uh, let me dig into this. Um, I I think you're right on the perspective of a supporter. You're completely right on the perspective of a supporter. You and it's reasonable that you think that on the, on the perspective of the supporter. On the perspective of the team uh, of, of a team member, I think the thing is different. And the thing is different because Stefano Sensi has a psychological issue in playing with Inter, right? Because you never rely on him. You can never rely on him and you never relied on him for two years, right? Because Inter tried, tried so much, so hard with that. But Stefano Sensi disappeared basically at the end of 2019. I mean, COVID was, there wasn't a COVID strike. It means it was a lifetime ago, right? And never came back. Uh, never came back. I mean, uh, when you came back and you you just uh, you came back three or four times and you injured uh, after well, half an hour or uh, uh, I mean uh, one one match and a half, you have a psychological issue. And Conte actually last year hinted at that, right? He said since he's not ready, and I don't know if you if he if, he's, if he will ever be ready. And I don't. Think- I see. I don't understand what you mean by psychological issue. Because a physical. I mean, if he injures himself, how is that a psychological issue? He needs to play. I don't understand. He, he needs to play to gain confidence. He needs to play because it's it's a player that is not playing regular regularly for two years. Mm-hmm. He needs to play in order to not question himself. In order to get rid of the fear that he had to get injury, he needs to play. And mm-hmm. Inter cannot guarantee him to play. Right, and but I think he could. This is what I mean. He can't. No, Barella, no. Barella he suspended. He couldn't. He couldn't. It's two years that he could play. Nima, he never. He never no, but played. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about. Okay, the last I'm few talking months. about now. But we made the same. We made the same assumption two years ago when we were here by saying, "Okay, my Christmas wish is Stefano Sensi become again a player." <laughs> yes, never it happened. was. It never no, it happened. didn't happen. But don't you agree? That's don't you also? Important. Don't you also? Don't That's you also agree that Antonio Conte, Antonio I mean, Conte trains can, the player. 
you cannot lose the title because of Saints in Lima. You never had Saints in the, into the team. You, you never count Saints into this team, right? Until he went to Sampdoria, you never count Saints into this team. And the team went uh, went uh, fantastically without him, right? Last year and this year too. So you never count on him. So the huge risk here was to, to keep a player that was uh, psychologically uh, affected by this situation, right? And the risk is that uh, you cannot, you're not able to sell him, you're not able to keep him, you're going to lose, uh, and uh, both sides lose. Uh, lose him that uh, is going to to lose the World Cup because he went to Sampdoria to play for the World Cup because Mancini uh, su suggested yeah, yeah. To, to do that, right? And you have uh, a player that uh, you cannot get rid of because nobody wants him, because he never plays, because he's always injured, and you can never have the room uh, to, to enter another player that uh, might be fit, that might be psychologically okay. I think, uh, yes, it's a risk to, to, to let him go, right? But but he made just one appearance in Sampdoria, right? He, he did good, but let's see in two or three weeks what he do. That's before, fair enough. That's fair enough. My yeah, point is come, before coming to this, and the the, the the huge the huge risk here was to uh, actually kill the player, right? If he, if he stay here another six months, like the last two years, not playing, and when when playing it was just ten minutes a game, and the risk to be to 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 get injured was uh, was was always there. I think that you're going to kill the player, and you're going to lose what could be a resource for you in the future, for the team, or for the for the mercato. In, in the future, I think uh, the I, I think that there was was no was, there was no way out on the situation except uh, send him to play, send him to be the 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 good uh, the good guy of a, of a middle of, of a mid table team, and it's uh, going to be regenerated by this if we're going well and come back in June. I mean, you, you didn't okay. you didn't sell him, you just no no him. I know that I know that I know that. What I'm saying is simply this, where that. Everything that you've said that has happened to him is absolutely true. All of that is true. What I'm saying is this. For the past three months, he's been training with the team. He's not been injured. You saw what he could do when he came on against Empoli. You know that Nicolo Barella is suspended for two games against Liverpool. So you don't, you, you're relying on Arturo Vidal, Matias Vecino and Roberto Gagliardini in those two important games. You cannot tell me that Stefano Sensi would not have played in those games because he would have. And he would have done better no, than any no, of those tell you, I tell you, he's not gonna, he was not going to play in this game. First of all, because he's not ready physically. Uh, because Liverpool go into into a rhythm that you need to be to be ready physically, and we're never going to play, and you're never going to play in this this kind of game. Uh, second, now I mean, I mean uh, the the first leg, of course. Mm -hmm. Secondly, speaking, uh, Sensi can uh, be the the replacement of Brozovic and Shalanoglu, not not Barella. Uh, definitely no. not, not definitely not Barella. And I I, I add you this, Nima. If ever if uh, if somebody in Inter was believing that Sensi can be a, a reliable resource of this team, <clears throat> the, we would never, never, never bring in Shalanoglu because it was useless at that point, right? Mm. Ericsson had this problem, you got Sensi, Sensi is going to play, but nobody relied, relied on Sensi. And if Sensi was fit and didn't play for three months, it's because he wasn't able to play. But Sensi, Sensi if in the opening is, game... But in the opening game against Genoa, when Sensi played with Chalanoglu, that's when Chalanoglu was outstanding. And that's yeah, something that we've seen Genoa, tactically. Yeah, but it's not just it Genoa. It's not just Genoa. It's not just Genoa. I'm talking about the fact that he can play as a number 10 and that there's a tactical we've, yeah, we've right, seen. Right, but he didn't. That, yeah, but didn't no, what I'm, saying, what I'm saying is that when he plays, like he can play in that number 10 role and that Chalanoglu has been at his best when he has a number 10 in front of him, like whether it's Correa, Alexis Sanchez, or Stefano Sensi. That's what I'm saying, that he offers this, this other... 
this other tactical. Yeah, but, it but it didn't. It's a ghost since two, since two years. It's a ghost yeah, since but, two years. But that so was two or, years ago. We were happened two years okay, ago. Okay, let's get it simple. Either either everybody either everybody has has anger with Sensi for some uh, for some reason, right? <laughs> Conte, Inzaghi, or Sensi. No, is not, not anger. Not anger. I'm not saying it's anger. I'm just saying Sensi that. Is not, so Sensi is not fit to play. I need to rely that the coaches. Conte, Conte told it uh, and Inzaghi hinted it. It's not fit to play, right? At, at Inter and in Inter this, uh, in this in this in this very moment. So I think I think it's a risk to to, to lose him for the for the uh, for the second part of the season. But let's be honest here: 15 games to go, right? Plus the Champions League game, which will probably be two, and the Coppa Italia game, which uh, at the worst of cases will be four. We're talking about 20 games. We made 40 games so far without Sensi, and we did it fantastically. So what's the big deal here? I don't understand. No, but my point is, the, the big deal is that Vecino Vidal and Gagliardini, when you're going into the business end of the season, they're being your backups to your three midfielders, is, is a weakening. They're not good enough. Gagliardini, Vidal, and Vecino are not good enough. When neither, you're trying neither, to win. Sense, neither sense is good enough. Well, know, I think because well, he that's, that's what I'm saying. That's where we disagree. I think that he is because I don't think no, that him being injured two years ago as, is a problem. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, he didn't play for two years. He cannot be good. If mm. if he wasn't good, if he was good, he, he managed to play, right? He managed mm. to play. I mean, a, a, a player can injure, can can have yeah. injury, of course. But since yeah. he does not play since 2019. It's a lifetime, Nima. He cannot play. He can. He can. You cannot. All. All. How did the blue be the best guy in the midfield after three years as a ghost? It's. It's not realistic. Let's be well, honest. I, that, 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 well, that I think it is because the alternatives are worse, and especially now that he's at Sampdoria, we'll see what happens. And 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 I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. I really think this is a mistake, and I just hope that it doesn't end up costing Inter titles because it could. Because we I don't, don't see, have another I don't midfielder. See, I don't see how. Because Sensi was so. never so. was never part of this team. It's two years that he's not that he's not part of the team. No, so I don't see he, how he can cost title. So no, but, because, but I because, respect your point of view. No, no, I know what you mean. But what I'm saying is that he could have been the like the classic Adriano Galliani quote when it, when a player comes back from injury after the January Mercato. He used to say, "This is our new. This is like a new signing." You know what I mean? So, so that's what I meant. That he could be like one of those. Like, like he could have offered that because he's not been consistently fit. Because under Antonio Conte, we know Antonio Conte's training regime was a, like a hammer. He hammered these guys. And I think that's a big reason why Asensi was injured for two years under Antonio Conte. But since then, he came under Inzaghi. He had an injury against Sampdoria. Since then, he's worked himself pretty much back. And still, Inzaghi doesn't trust him. And I just think that I disagree with that decision. I really do, because I think that when you look at the alternatives, again, risk management, what's the bigger risk? Playing, giving Sensi a chance or playing with Vecino and Gagliardini? And in my opinion, it's a no-brainer. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, that's, my, that, that's my thing. I, I just don't understand. Um, and, 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 and everything else he said was true. I'm not saying that Inter wouldn't, like, all the title stuff that he, he didn't, he had no part in Inter winning the Scudetto. None. But in this team, when your op options are those, I, I just think it's 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 wrong. It's a mistake. I just think it's a mistake. But I want to hear what you guys think, Mo and Jake. Where are you guys on this? I'll start with you, Mo. Uh, once again, I defer to my uh, legal counsel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 I've spoken about this, uh, about the sense issue. I, we were already at odds uh, earlier when we spoke about it um, before the loan was uh, was made official. I, I, I think this the player was unsalvageable. The only way, the best thing, 
the best way forward for Inter was to regain this player back. And the only way for him to come back is to leave and, and play elsewhere, which he is doing. My problem with Sensi is you can't just slot in Sensi on, onto the pitch and expect the team to perform well. It needs to be the only time Sensi performed well in an Inter jersey was in the first few months under Conte, where everything flowed through Sensi. The, 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 the match, the team was geared to play. And, and this was why we had that problem with Ericsson subsequently, because Ericsson came in to play that Sensi role and was not able to interpret it properly. And we had a, 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 almost a, a season's, uh, season's worth of disappointment with Ericsson because of his, of the, his and Conte's inability to reinterpret that role. So Sensi's not a normal player that, in my opinion anyway, that you can just tell him, just go in, play one of the midfield three and, and do your thing and, and, and we'll be fine. He's physically uh, weak. Uh, he doesn't have any of the, you know, the the the, the legs that uh, Charanoglu do, does in sort of his defensive responsibility. Much more will be asked defensively and tactically of uh, Barella and uh, and Brozovic uh, if if Sensi is on the pitch. So I think it's not it's not as easy as, you know, what if we had Sensi, we'd stick him in instead of Charanoglu, and he would have created chances and great. Maybe, maybe I mean, it, but maybe not. Also, maybe not. Maybe he, he would have. Um, uh, you know, uh, imbalance the midfield to a degree where we would have uh, conceded even more goals. So I think, you know, the names of Vecino and Vidal and Gagliardini certainly don't spark any sort of uh, enthusiasm in anyone, <laughs> any football fans, uh, you know, uh, uh, visions for sure and rightly so. But also, they are the sort of players that you need to grind out results. Now, we agree that they don't do that. that they don't no, do no. That. I mean, they they, <laughs> they 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 do. They again. I I I I defer to my legal counsel's argument <laughs> in the previous previous question, where we I don't I don't think that the, it was the player's fault. I think it was a it was Inzaghi's attitude and interpretation interpretation of the game, mm-hmm. of the match that was at fault. If you had put in Vecino and 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 uh, Vidal with the right mindset. Later in the later in the game, where where you're not sitting on a one 0 lead at 60 minutes or however long it was, then they're the sort of players that can do do something for you. But it was the wrong wrong attitude and the wrong time in the match to 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 do these changes. So yeah, that's 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 what I mean. And you also don't we don't know what they have in mind with Gosens. You know, uh, we, we're talking about you know a lack of lack of creativity. But Gosens both creates and scores a lot of goals for a wing back or whatever. So we don't know what 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 Inzaghi has in mind for Perisic once Gosens is fit. We don't know what he has in mind for Gosens uh, in and of himself. So, I mean, I I I I, I totally agree with uh, with Nima in, uh, with uh, Fulvio in that I I really don't think that Sensi was the savior. We have been bitten more than once. It's the same as Ranocchia, you know. We, for for the longest time, managers would come in and try and rehabilitate Ranocchia. He'd have a couple of good games, and we'd be like, "Ah, yes, Ranocchia is back." And then, boom, you know, he'd shoot himself and the team in the foot. It's the same <laughs> sort of thing, literally. Yeah, yeah, you know. So you, <laughs> but I think that's a different situation because that wasn't an injury; that was more a competence issue. Yeah, of course. But 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 yeah, but with Sensi, I don't think it's an injury. Like Fulvio said, it's a mental block. He he, there's something there. There's something uh, psychosomatic. He manifests it because remember last uh, uh, under Conte in the end of towards the end of the first season, 
they were talking about there's nothing wrong on his cans or something, but since he kept on feeling some some muscle strain and it kept him out, it seems to me that this guy is is just unable to handle the pressure for some reason or or other, you know. But uh, anyway, I won't I won't I won't to take too much time on 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 the issue. Okay. okay. Well, Jake, what what do you think? Uh, Mo actually just mentioned a bit of a point that I was going to uh, actually allude to. I thought at the time when Robin Gilsons was signed and uh, since he was allowed to leave that perhaps it meant that Perisic was going to be used on what's a bit of a second striker sort of role. I thought that, that might be something that uh, we might see towards the end of the season. I, I thought that might have been in the plan somewhere. Maybe I, I might be totally wrong, but I thought that was something that might have been an option for them. Um I feel really catch-22 on this. And I think the case of letting him go out on loan is simply, I think, to maybe get a bit of proof that he still can play at a certain level or maybe put him in the shot window a little bit. Um, Look at the game on Saturday, and watching how it panned out, and it was made really clear that when Chanogu is not on the pitch, there's a real lack of creativity in the midfield. He was missed massively. When you consider those three players that you've mentioned, Nima, as well, are the ones that are coming on to replace him. Galliardini's not going to be creative. He's not going to create chances. He struggles to run. You know, Matthias Fasino is someone who's, you know, two years, three years past his best days for Inter comfortably. And Vidal will probably, when he leaves it, to play at a really poor standard compared to where he has been because he's not the same player that he was. And, you know, Vidal's been a great player. There's no disrespect there at all. He's been a fantastic player, did a great career. But he's in the winter of his career. He's not going to get the ball anymore, drive through four or five players and thump one in the top corner. He simply can't do that. As soon as Channel would left the field on Saturday, I was worrying where Inter were going to score a goal from, especially when you see that Perisic is off the pitch as well. So, Defano Sensi, in that role, he, he's a creative player, but it's so obvious that he has no trust whatsoever from anybody involved in the management side of Inter to stay fit or be reliable. And as much as we can sit here and say, look, he can offer this, and we've got proof, you know, he's fantastic for Italy during that sort of three or four month period that he was really good for Inter. There's no doubt he's a fantastic player and he can offer that, but it almost feels like one of those situations where the club have decided, look, we can't rely on this guy. I don't think he's going to play X, Y, Z amount of minutes in all these competitions. It's better we sort of just move him on. It's really frustrating. I agree. I think you're. Yeah, I think you're absolutely yeah. right. I think you're both. I mean, that's what Fulvio said, and I think that's what the club has decided to do. I just think that's a mistake. I honestly think that's a mistake. I think this this notion that his injuries are. I I think it's a mistake, uh, and I hope I hope it turns out not to be a mistake because I think it will cost Inter. Right. Let's uh, let's we we got we got a game against. I mean, it's, this is a week of X's just before Valentine's Day. We started with Stefano Pioli, the X that burned us got his revenge back. Now we've got a sweet ex, Jose Mourinho, coming to uh, to to um, to uh, San Siro. Uh, on, tomorrow we're recording this on a Monday in the Coppa Italia. Uh, given the Napoli game, should Inter, should, 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 should Inter even try to play with a starting lineup or should they just, you know, rotate um, and focus entirely on Napoli? What would you do, Fulvio? Uh, rotations, definitely rotation. Because uh, yes, I'm not. As I said, I'm not so worried about uh, about uh, the season in the Serie A because uh, you know this is just uh, 
something that can, can happen. I mean, uh, you just lost the game with the second uh, in, the, in the standings, that might happen. But of course, uh, you need to deliver uh, with the, in the Napoli game now, uh, because uh, also psychologically speaking, uh, it might be good to react immediately. Uh, we can do some rotation, uh, uh, but once again, I, I don't think, uh, I, I mean, let, let me be clear. I think there's a gap, a huge gap between uh, the starting lineup and, um, uh, and, uh, and the replacement player in Inter. And I think uh, this uh, since the beginning of the season. But at the same time, I don't think uh, uh, that uh, the, um, the, the, the guys that is coming in replacement, uh, like uh, as you mentioned, Gagliardini, Vidal, Di Marco, are not able to play and beat uh, uh, teams in uh, in Italy. Um, I think I think a, it, I think they deserve to be to be trust uh, trustworthy to be trust trusted at least because mm. you know Vidal played a great game against Torino which was a tough game Gagliardini played a good game against Lazio which was a tough game and uh, yes Roma is definitely a game that uh, needs to be um, needs to be treated uh, properly. With co- we need to be cautious. Uh, we need to give an answer, of course, uh, because uh, everybody now expect that. Um, but I think that everybody are uh, are now are now in uh, in uh, in need of this, uh, both the starting lineups and replacement. Uh, and I don't think we need uh, we we can deliver just uh, by playing with the starting lineup. So I will go with some rotation, but clever rotation, right? Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to change six or seven players and. Uh, um, I think uh, I think we we can we can do that uh, without uh, sacrificing uh, too much energies, uh, but uh, we need to do that. So we need to be serious about that. Uh, and uh, now the the, substi- the 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 players that are going to, to 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 be typically the the replacement one, they need to 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 do a great game now because they need to deliver more than others. So I think that's that they're, they're, that's their chance, and they're not going to waste. The chance exactly when, like they did with the Supercoppa, when the goal was scored, when the winning goal was scored by two uh, substitution, Darmian mm. and Sanchez. Mm. Fair enough. Um, well, what about predictions? Because I agree with you on the on the on the rotation thing. I think you have to rotate wisely, um, and 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 not like he did against Empoli, where he was pretty much. I mean, from Radu to to the striker was completely different. Um, so well, I I I, st- I think. I just don't want to see 120 minutes extra time and penalties and stuff like that because that's uh, going to empty into Inter's uh, energy levels. What do you? What do you uh, that's exactly what is he coming? Actually, <laughs> thank, thank you. Exactly what is he coming? I think I think Inter <laughs> Inter will, uh, will yes, it's uh, we'll we'll take some rust from this derby and translate. Uh, we might translate into a draw in the 90 minutes, uh, and oh, then I don't know where it goes uh, if uh, if into the um, into the um, additional time so or into the penalties. I don't know. I I, I think we are going to, to go through because we have a derby in the semi final more, more than likely, so we have the the chance to uh, to give revenge, um, but uh, won't be easy and probably won't be in the 90 minutes. So my 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 prediction is uh, one each. And after that, uh, we'll see. Probably win on penalties. That's exactly my prediction, and I hate you for that because now <laughs> you're supposed you're here to make me feel good, and <laughs> now you just you just making me feel. Really but we go good. through. But we go through. That's yeah, the- okay. <laughs> but I, but the Napoli game for crying out loud, that's more important. <laughs> oh Jesus. Okay. What about you, Mo? <laughs> what do you think? I'm just here uh, to watch uh, Mourinho come back. Uh, to uh, the San Siro for an intergame. 
it's going to be emotional, man. I got to yeah. tell you, it's going to be emotional. Um, yeah, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win. It's uh, it's going to be a uh, you know a regular Inter Roma high scoring game, so maybe like a three one. But I think we'll win, and hopefully we'll win in uh, you know regular time. No need for extra time. And I really do hope that uh, Inzaghi, like you said, the Nima rotates, but rotates wisely. Three hmm. one. I'll take that in ninety minutes. What about you, Jake? I can only see extra time. <laughs> it's funny how it's only taken one defeat to change uh-huh. this mindset, but I, I think it's going to be absolutely horrible. Um, I think you've got to rotate based on the fixture list. The fixture list is just despicable. Um, playing in the Champions League, I mean, this is what, you know, into one, you want to be in all the competitions, you want to be challenging for top honours, but... I think if you look now at the end of the season, it's a really pessimistic view, but if you look at the end of the season and look back to this point, you don't want to think, I prioritise beating Roma in the Coppa Italia over beating Napoli in the uh. league. And, and there's the argument as well, I, I think the Champions League is going to be really difficult to get through in, but Inter don't want to face Liverpool like Milan did and get absolutely folded like a deck chair. You, know, you, you want that <laughs> to be a really good effort as well. So if there's any game that you can lose in this week of hell or a couple of weeks of hell. I think it's this one. I'd like to see him to win the Copper Italia, but I think 1-1 one, one, and I think I think they'll go through, but it'll be painful and yeah. horrible viewing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's three of us thinking 1-1 one, one after 90 minutes and then extra time. Right, let, let's talk about the real important game. And I'll start with you, Mo. The Napoli game. Away at the Diego Armando Maradona. Um a game where, I mean, if there's one team in the Serie A similar to, to, I mean, more even more so than Roma, who's a moody team in the sense that when they are buzzing, they overperform, it's Napoli. And Spalletti is that the most Napoli coach ever in that sense, because when his teams are buzzing, they can beat anyone. It's the consistency that kills them. And right now, Napoli are buzzing. They've got Kalidou Koulibaly back after winning the AFCON as the captain. He's buzzing. They've got the Lorenzo Insigne situation resolved fully. Everyone is happy from that. Insigne is relieved. Napoli's relieved. Everyone's happy. These are the last few months in his Napoli career for now. There, we saw them beat, beat Venezia. They did struggle a little bit. Um, there's no doubt about that. And they will be playing at home. So I, I just see an Inter's coming off a negative derby defeat where they they the, they lost the game more than Milan won it. Um, they have a midweek game against Roma, which we've all decided, voted by dem- democracy majority, that is going to go to extra time. I don't see how Inter win this game. I think a draw at the absolute most. W- what about you, Mo? I'm, I, I'm, I sense you're a bit more positive. Yeah, sneak you in, for sure. Sneak you in. Okay. It's going to be... Elaborate. It's gonna be uh, you know, uh, balls to the wall, defending. It's going to be uh, a tough, tough match. But I think uh, it's going to be one of those matches where Inter's spine, their defensive block uh, uh, comes through. And I think uh, a counter-attack with Perisic and uh, Lautaro um, sneak it through. So I think um, a one-goal margin, whether it's a 1-0 or a 2-1 for Inter, but I think it's it's going to be an Inter, an Inter win. I think... The same way uh, as was the case with the Milan game, Napoli have far more to lose here 
Inter still have a game in hand against Bologna. So technically, Inter know that even if they even if they lose here, they still lead the standings. Napoli really have to push the issue. They're going to come out attacking. If Inter's defensive defenses are as solid as we know that they should be, um, they they should be able to hold Napoli out. And Napoli will make mistakes, especially at the back. You're sure Koulibaly is back, but he 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 has he has played the full Afcon. He has mm. traveled from Africa. Or will travel from Africa back. He 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 will have partied, so on and so forth. So I don't expect him to be in the best of best of conditions. So I think uh, if Inter do play their, if Inzaghi plays his uh, cards wisely, um, as he as he has for the most part so far the season, I think Inter will have all what it takes to do to to win. Okay. So any prediction from you before I hand over to Fulvio? Yeah, like I said, either a 2-1 or a 1-0, but a one-goal margin, uh, last-minute goal to be clinched for Inter, scored by Lautaro. Okay. All right. Uh, Fulvio, what about you? What do you think? Well, I think uh, that uh, the, 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 the thing that you said about uh, Napoli uh, are not good news for Napoli, because if they would be able to go along with the bus, uh, with the bus that they have right now, and the history speak for them. They have in the museum like 10 or a dozen Scudetti, right? These are teams that are not able to handle the buzz. Napoli and Roma as well. So whenever it's going too good, because they have a lack of a consistency, and you are like that with that with Spalletti is a classic, and because mm. they are in this buzz, this is probably the 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 main reason because they should be worried, right? Because they're going to find. Uh, uh, they're going to find Inter, which is also the t- which is uh, always the team that lose two games uh, out of 23, right? And they are so unlucky to find uh, Inter whenever they lose uh, one of these two games, right? I don't think it's good news <laughs> for them. I mean, if we're speaking about Juventus, uh, go with yeah. the buzz uh, for uh, for winning a row, and uh, well, I mean, Juventus is different. Juventus knows yeah. how to handle this kind of things. Yeah. But uh, teams like Napoli, teams like Roma, normally they fail whenever they are uh, called uh, with uh, with uh, what we what in Italy call salto di qualità, right? Yeah. The next step of quality to take exactly, the next step of exactly. quality. Yeah. They always fail, right? I don't. I, I'm not saying that they're going to fail, but I'm saying that because uh, things uh, seems to be good for them right now, they should be worried. Yeah, um, for me, I, I agree with that in, in the sense that the consistency is their problem. That's what I meant. Um, that they, That's why Napoli don't win titles. That's why Roma don't win titles. But in short moments of form, they can, at home, they can beat any team in the world. Like when Roma beat Barcelona 3-0, that crazy game. Do you know what I mean? Like in those moments in time, they can. Um, no, no, but I, I, think, I think you're forgetting how Inter played the derby. Except from the result, except from the last 20 minutes. I think you are forgetting how how Inter played the derby. Once again, Milan Milan uh, is the second uh, teams in the stand, the second team in the standing, and never see a ball for one hour, right? Everybody should be worried to play against Inter, whatever is the the moment. I hope you're right, but I think um, I think I hope you're right with every ounce of my being, with every fiber and atom of my being. I hope you're right, but I think that you're underplaying the impact of this defeat 
I think this is this is going to well, affect. The I team. think you are, you overweight the impact okay. of this defeat because okay. the last time the Inter, the last time the Inter, I, I can remind you, but the last time that Inter had a defeat was against Lazio, and after that we yes. see we witnessed two months that was beyond exceptional, yeah, right? Because fantastic. they react. Fantastic. Well, I, I I don't think that that's the thing. I I think they kind of because the reason why I don't think so, and I'm a little bit more pessimistic, is because I think Inter peaked a little bit too soon in their season. And I and and usually teams that peak in February, March, April, like under Conte. Remember Conte he, after the Sampdoria defeat, his his side in February went on this run where they were unbeatable. They mopped the floor with every team in the Serie A, and that's why Inter won the Serie A. I, I'm a little bit worried that Inter might have peaked a little bit too soon under uh, after the Lazio game. And that's what I'm worried about. But I hope, as I said. I hope with every fiber of my being that I'm wrong and you're right. So what, what what's your prediction in the Napoli sorry Napoli game? What what do you think? Uh, well, at the moment, uh, I, I mean, uh, despite all that I said, I, I don't think that Inter will, will lose this game, but I'm not sure that that, uh, that we're going to win this game. Mm. Um, I don't think we are make too much calculation uh, um, ahead of the Liverpool game. Uh, I think this might be this might be a one nil game. Uh, but I hope it will be a one-two game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, re- realistically speaking, realistically speaking, might be a one-nil, um, and uh, yeah. So th- that's that might that might call the scream the apocalypse uh, between the fan base uh, <laughs> amongst the fan base. I know I'm very aware about that, um, but uh, actually, it's a good result if we get if we get one-nil because uh, we got only one. Uh, uh, tough game against Juventus uh, um, to May to, from, from here to May, and uh, we are practically not. I mean, I don't think I, I, don't, I don't say sure, but uh, we have a good uh, a good uh, chance to uh, to take the lead uh, if we to to keep the lead actually if we consider the game against uh, versus Bologna, which I expect Inter to win that. Um, but uh, I think that uh, this this is realistically speaking. But I think that Inter might play with a little bit more than than Reals in the Napoli game because uh, they are hungry. Uh, I, mm. I expect uh, them to be angry, so it might be a one-two game. I hope you're right. Um, I, I I my 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 brain says um, my heart says a one 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 or one two two one win for Inter. But my brain says one nil Napoli Osiman. I just can't get past that, and and I'm scared because that blows the Scudetto race wide open, um, and and Inter then have to rely on 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 winning pretty much every game and 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 then going to Juve Stadium <laughs> against. Well, that, that after, really... after all, it's February, Nima. There's no yeah, there's no way true. to seal the deal right now. So no, no, of course, of course, that's true. I, I just this is the thing, Fulvio. I'm an old Interista like you. I don't want to go to Juve Stadium to go book HQ and have to win because we know that Inter never wins in those situations. Uh, well, man, I don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, Inter, the Juventus game is beginning of April. I don't think, uh, I don't think we we are in that situation. And I, th- I think that everybody, including you, Nima, are uh, <laughs> overestimating uh, the the competitors because we saw the okay. season of competitors. Milan, Milan actually lose against Sassuolo. Milan lose against Fiorentina. Milan lose. Milan against... is not a scudetto contender. That I mean, for me, Milan. No, is not it's a scudetto. It's a scudetto contender, but Inter is better. I mean, uh, it's, it's better. I mean, and definitely, also definitely. the derby actually demonstrate that because Inter yeah. gave away the derby. Yeah, and they did. Just the team that are stronger can give away the, the, the victory. The, the other ones uh, just uh, just lose because they deserve to lose. 
No, I, I agree with that. No, for me, Milan has shown that they're not, they're, they will fade away. We saw, I mean, the teams that win the Scudetto don't collapse like they did against Spezia, even though they were the referee and all that. The, the game against Sassuolo, I mean, we, we've seen, they don't win. They won't, That's not a Scudetto winning team for me. It really isn't. I, I actually think they have, they'll finish fourth and Juventus will finish third. So I, I think they, they'll, they'll finish in the top four. But for me, Napoli is the one that, that's, that's the Scudetto contender for me. That's the one I'm 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 worried about, um, but hopefully, hopefully, oh please, I don't want I don't want another 97, 98. You know what I mean? Going there to Juve Stadium and, oh yeah, I'm I'm burnt. You can say that I'm burnt from history, <laughs> for sure. Right, Jake, what do you think? Just a quick um, quick uh, prediction. Um, <coughs> I mentioned it a little bit on uh, in my uh, piece. Just this uh, this morning, when it was released, I think the fixture schedule this year has been really horrible in the way that it's panned out. <coughs> Excuse me. The um, international breaks early season stopped Inter from getting a bit of a run going at the start, and then they had a really nice run of fixtures up to Christmas. And look like it was starting to build ahead of steam. Christmas has come, and they've not quite been the same since. And typically, as they sort of have stumbled a little bit. I thought they were really poor in the Coppa Italia, as much as it was a rotated side. They threw away the game. At the weekend, I thought they weren't really brilliant against Atalanta either. At Atalanta, they were quite happy with the draw. I know Jekyll missed a couple of chances in that game. Um, I don't think they've really been that great since the turn of the year. And typically, they've now found themselves in a position where they've got a month of fixtures that are really, really difficult and they're almost must-win. I draw parallels back to last season when Conte had a similar run of fixtures where Inter beat Juventus, they beat Milan and, and Lazio at San Siro. Really big games where they just sort of steamrolled them and they never looked back and the, the title was almost done at that point. Yeah. But I just don't feel like this Inter side at the minute is on the level of that Inter side where in terms of the fact that they're not bulldozing their way through games. Yeah. So I'm not quite as confident. I think the game against Roma is important. If Inter can win against Roma comfortably, it will give them a little bit of confidence. If it was at San Siro, I'd be a bit more confident than I would be going to Naples. Yeah. That makes it a bit tougher. Um, I think it's one goal either way. I, I really can't call it. Um, I'd love to be like Mo and live in fantasy land of Latara Square <laughs> last minute. That's a dream world. Um, but I'm, I'm too boring and too negative for that. Yeah. I'm going to be positive, though, because why not? I think they can squeak it 1-0 or 2-1. Okay, fair enough. I hope you guys are right, and I hope I'm wrong. I Send me all the abuse you want on social media if I'm if I turn out to be wrong. Uh, but because uh, I, I'd, I'd gladly eat my words there. I, I've, I don't have a good feeling at all about the Napoli game. Right, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football, starting with the negativity. This week's Moji, which we presented by Mr. Fulvio Santucci. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Nima. So, despite the appearances, uh, the results of the derby wasn't the worst thing that happened into the derby. Um, yeah. And that's because we have two episodes which need to be highlighted because uh, the Italian press is not doing that, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, so, what happened? Uh, the, first, uh, the first episode uh, was uh, about uh, a pitch invader 
Uh, so this guy actually made the pitch, and of course uh, the TV coverage uh, should uh, w went out because they are not allowed to cover this. But uh, we have the, the video published on the social media from the um, from the attendance uh, in the in the stadium, and we saw that the pitch invader was caught after a long run, was caught by two people, and actually was uh, immobilized. Uh, so it was. He, he, he didn't do anything wrong, to be honest. I mean, yes, he, he interrupt the game, all right, but uh, you know, you just that you need to to stop him and uh, send him, send him out of the pitch, and everything is okay. But instead, the thing was different because uh, we have this uh, two stewards; they were immobilizing him, and the third one just came when the guy was already down and punched him. And this is uh, very what? yes, really? yes. The third steward, he punched him. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he's in the belly or probably in the guts as well. But you can Jeez. see very clearly from the video that he punched him, and the guy was immobilized. That was completely unnecessary, right? And there was two Milan players. I think there was Tio Hernandez and Romagnoli. They actually went to the steward and say, "Hey, stop that! This is unnecessary." Jesus. Right? Yes. And uh, yeah. And today, I, I mean, uh, uh, to give a little bit of context, the steward are not uh, um, are not. Uh, from Inter or from Milan, they are from a, a third party that uh, is uh, is hired to, to to guarantee the security of the pitch. Like secure a security company, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, exactly, a security company. So they they just published today um, a communication in which I say, okay, we are aware about this problem. We're aware about this. We're going to investigate. We're going to uh, to take actions, uh, of course, but. Once again, you cannot see something like that. That was in front of the whole stadium. Exactly. How do you expect <laughs> to get away with murder? I mean, uh, you're not wise. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, you're, you're not you're not you're not normal if you do something like that. But you're not uh, wise because you are. You have thirty thousand people that are watching at you because everybody is going to have the eyes on the the pitch invader. It's not just the TV. Right, and they have smartphones, they have cameras, they know. Everyone does. Everyone does nowadays. That's exactly. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Exactly. Mm. At the same time, at the same time, I mean, uh, uh, in the second half, uh, something happened in one of the um, the part of the stadium was Primanello Blue, so basically below the Curva Sud. So mm. what happened, and that was directly reported to me by witnesses that uh, asked me to to give uh, a visibility to this episode uh, on the Twitter. Um, what happened? It happened that uh, from the Curva Sud, uh, a banner, uh, uh, of course, a Milan banner, uh, dropped dro dropped from the Curva Sud down to the to the um, to the to the Primanello Blue, and uh, there was this. According to the witnesses, there was this uh, Milan supporter that was just keeping the banner and in order to uh, get uh, uh, back at the end of the game. But uh, and this uh, this is documented by the video as well. At some point. Uh, uh, just, uh, I mean, probably 20 people, 20 guys uh, uh, masked, masked, so with the face covered, uh, and not uh, and not with the, with the COVID mask. I mean, with the black mask. Yeah, yeah. like a balaclava. Yeah. It's called in English. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cover just uh, went them, and uh, what happened next? Uh, uh, it was mayhem, basically, because uh, you see a lot of uh, people uh, going uh, back and forth and running away, and uh, there was uh, people beat as well. And according to the witnesses, there was this uh, uh, this uh, Milanista guy that was just taking the banner in order to not get it uh, lost. Uh, that was uh, actually punched by these people, and uh, yes, the police uh, came. 
it was yeah it was uh, not um, i mean uh, how you call uh, it was undercover police uh, actually mm -hmm. came but uh, always according to witnesses it was just 10 or 15 minutes later and uh, people uh, normal people i mean uh, even old uh, elder people uh, need uh, some assistance uh, because uh, yes they went they went just uh, into the mix uh, at uh, some point and and uh, they just uh, have beaten probably not not on purpose but still it's not going to, you're not going to expect this and the police just came uh, i mean 10 minutes later i mean they arrested the guys of course or probably they they just take they take them away but i mean the damage was done at that point yeah so these are these are things that uh, you cannot we cannot uh, we cannot afford these things to happen especially when you have a stadium that is uh, half of the occupancy i mean 30 I mean, 30000 people it's very easy to handle with, with for people that are actually used to handle this situation where you have 70k people in the stadium so definitely cannot happen and i hope i really hope uh, uh, some action will be will be taken and we are not we are not going to see never again this kind of stuff because, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it it doesn't belong. It, it's it's the kind of stuff you remember from terraces in the eighties. Um, I wanted to ask you just quickly, just to just yeah. to shed, disperse. And I'm glad you brought this up because I I saw you tweet about this, and I wanted to make it clear for all the English people following this English speakers. So it was a Milan. So the banner was dropped, dro fell down from Purvasur, yes. and a Milan fan held it, and the Milan fan yes. was holding it for them. <laughs> And they came and beat him, thinking he was an Inter fan or something. Oh uh, well, I don't know. Actually, this is uh, this is an alleged version because uh, it was reported directly to me by one Inter fan that was there, and actually he claimed to to have, have followed the whole the whole scene, and that's what uh, that's what he reported. I don't okay. have any direct okay. uh, any direct okay. witness uh, to to give to give a second uh, voice on that. Okay. But I can rely that, and uh, I know that for sure that two people were, three people were arrested, uh, two two that came from the from the from the Curva Sud, and one that reacted into the into the Primalo Blue. Uh, so the the three of them were arrested or actually taken away. I don't know, uh, but what I know for sure is that at least ten people were involved. I mean, uh, nothing. Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing really, really heavy. Uh, it was just. No, I, I saw the video. I saw the video. I saw the video of them yeah. going at it um, on, on social media. But but I thought it was I thought that it was maybe, you know, this classic ultras thing of one ultra had taken another group ultras banners and then they have to defend it, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I thought it was like that. I had no idea that it fell down and because uh, I didn't pay attention to to it. So thanks for clearing that up. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, let's move on to something much more comical. This week's frog, which will be presented by Mr. Jake Small. Well, I feel a little bit as if I've uh, got to try and pick things up after a bit of <laughs> negative publicity for the uh, San Siro inhabitants. Um, I find each week um, that I'm trying to find some ridiculous football moment and every week I, I find stuff like no that's just strange so <laughs> i'm going to go for something a little bit that you might not have seen um it's it's almost bored on the verge of match fixing if you're into moroccan football which i know that most people who listen to this podcast will be um <laughs> especially those who will be following the relegation battle in the top flights uh friday evening so probably the most bizarre own goal i think i've ever seen i've watched it back about four or five times now just to check it in <laughs> I've never seen any a goalkeeper miscontrol the ball 
then face their own goal yeah. and then smash it in. It's like when you're playing FIFA against your little brother and you feel a bit sorry for him. So you, so you take the goal, the kickoff, boot it back to your keeper to smash it in to give him a goal. It's really bizarre. So I'm I'm going to butcher the pronunciations here. But uh, the goalkeeper, Mehdi Owaya, who's playing for Rapid Uzen, I think if I'm right, against Hassania Agadir in, in the Moroccan top flight. But his team trailing 1-0. The holes are putting him in a little bit of pressure. Ball bounces back to the goalkeeper. He misjudges it. And facing his own goal, he decides to just smash the ball and ends up, obviously, as he's faced his own goal, into uh, his own top corner. Uh, I so. saw that goal on the Sky <laughs> Club Culture yesterday. And that is that goal broke Fabio Caressa. He was laughing to the point of tears. <laughs> Like it's one, of, it literally made him cry of laughter because it was so bizarre. It's one of the most bizarre <laughs> own goals I've ever seen in my life. It is so so weird, and it does have that kind of feel of match fixing error. It's like he's never played football before. It's like it, it, it really roots. looks like that. It's just weird. Um, I think Bergomi was cough laughing when they showed it as well. I mean, it was just so bizarre. Um, it even made Dicanio laugh, and he never laughs, and he's never happy about anything. Um, but yeah, no, it's one of the most bizarre goals I've ever seen. Right, uh, let's move on to something much more positive. Uh, this week's Moratti, which I'll be presenting in place of Mr. Mo Nassar, who had to run away. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. Right, um, Mo. Sent, he had to run away and we were running over time and he, and he sent this to me his Moratti of the week uh, was Lautaro's spat with Teo Hernandez because he loved he, um, and his reason for this was that's, that's a real derby you want to see those emotions and Teo Hernandez behaved like a little child and was doing um, doing uh, making you know uh, making gestures to the crowd as he was going as after he was sent off and Lautaro got pissed off and uh, and according to Milan Twitter, he spat at Teo Hernandez. According to everyone with a functioning pair of eyeballs, he didn't spit at him. He insulted him. I think the words hijo and puta were used repeatedly. At least that's what you can see from La, uh, Lautaro's mouth. But no, he did not spit at him. Uh, and 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 but but yeah, that was that was um, that was Lautaro's. That was Mo's uh, Mo, Mo, um, Moratti of the week, right? Uh, that's all we have time for this week. I'd like to thank Cindy Marina. I'd like to thank Mo. I'd like to thank you, Fulvio. Don't be a stranger. I loved our little Stefano Sensi debate. Oh yeah, yeah, it was energic. Sorry no, about we, it. No, 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 no. Don't we, we? I love that because it's it's boring to listen to people agree to agree with each other. And you're passionate and knowledgeable, and so am I. So I love that. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Always a pleasure to be here. Any, anyway, so I I I will be here soon. Promise. Oh, looking forward to it. And Mr. Jake Smalley. Yeah, thank you very much for having me as always. Matt, I just done as well. I I I was kind of ambivalent towards uh, Milan towards the weekend, but some of the behaviour, particularly from Theo Hernandez, has sort of railed me a little bit. And I really can't wait to see them fall away as the season goes on because that means their scummy behaviour in the second half. But he's half such a child, Theo. I can't be upset. Like, what's a child? Like, I mean, who does that? It's like, he he really has little brother syndrome. I mean, when he was going off the pitch, like, he, do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I, I was laughing. I was like, grow up. 
I couldn't even get angry at it because it was so obvious. It's like it was a fight for relevancy. Yeah, it really was. Look at me, look at me. And it's like, and Lautaro took the bait. I would just have ignored him. It's just what a child, what an absolute child. So yeah, no, I thought it was a bit pathetic to be honest. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all we have time for this week. As always, thank you uh, to Fulvio, thank you to Jake, thank you to Cindy and Mo. Uh, until next week, stay safe. Uh, hope hope you ha- hope you get to see Inter get to the semi-finals of the Coppa Italia where they could face Milan. Three points and sempre e solo forza Inter.